0: Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. I am your host, Brand Awareness Manager for Lead Forensics, Joe Ducaro. And today, I have the pleasure of being joined by B2B Tech Marketing Consultant and Board Member at Creative Edinburgh, Amy Kelly. Amy, hello. How are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Joe?
0: Yeah, I'm excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us on the, the Essential B2B podcast. To so jump straight into it then. So with Creative Edinburgh, how did, how did you get started then? Where, do, where does Creative Edinburgh come into your life?
1: So Creative Edinburgh it was quite an interesting opportunity that um popped up. So I was uh previously at User Testing where I was a director of EMEA marketing there. So um I was very much immersed in, you know, the international landscape even though I was coming from Edinburgh and that's where our European HQ was. And then um, I got contacted about a board member role. I had never done a board member role before. I didn't know what to expect uh, with Creative Edinburgh, and which was really nice because it meant I could focus in on Scotland because with my role at user testing, it was very much for international expansion, like you know looking at the whole market across Europe. So this was really exciting. Um, it's a voluntary position I do, um, so that's as well as my consultancy role. I do I work for myself, and then I do this as well as a voluntary role. Um, but Creative Edinburgh is the largest network of creatives <laughs> across the city of Edinburgh, you know, funnily enough, from the name. And, um, you know, it's a really, really fantastic small company and non for profit that, you know, are really trying to support that sector here in Edinburgh, which is great, it's close to my heart. So right now I'm just sort of helping across a variety of different areas, including marketing, which is really nice. So it's um something I try and dedicate at least a day a month to, if not more. Um but it's yeah, something that I do as well as what I'm working for myself at the moment. So yeah. No, it's fantastic
0: that's it's great that you you know you'd not done it before and you're just like yeah no, definitely definitely do that so something I've certainly learned in the, the past few months you know growth only really happens outside your comfort zone so I think that's a, a hugely positive thing just to to make that step then so could you give me an example what's been a recent highlight in your job something that you've been working on that you're going, do you go know what that was really really good fun or you know something like that
1: so yeah I mean a big change for me uh come So of June, July time, I became self-employed for the first time in my life. So this has been really exciting. Um, It's always been a dream of mine to work for myself. And I've been in marketing for quite a number of years now in the B2B space. And I thought, you know, why not? Let's give it a go. And um, I had now went as, you know, full-time consultancy. And I definitely wanted to, you know, align to the Creative Edwards stuff focus in on scotland a bit more because there's a really exciting tech scene here there's loads of cool stuff going on which was really surprising to me because you know i was really as i said before joe i was focused in on the international expansion of user testing i was super busy in a direct role you know running a a marketing team and having to obviously keep very busy quarter and quarter to keep the sales team fed with leads so there was loads of stuff like that going on and um it's been the first time in my life I've been able to sort of look back and think like, what do I love doing? You know, what in my career do I find the most interesting um, and in the marketing space, I definitely think that when you look at marketing holistically as like a pro- problem solving exercise almost, you know, when you're looking at what a company has to do to either grow their brand awareness or, you know, get in with a new market, whatever it might be. And I think that being able to do that now and working with smaller startup scale ups and, going back to the drawing boards, you know, really going back to the basics of marketing and being able to share that expertise with an organisation, with a founder has been so much fun. I've really, really loved it because it's just re-energised me. It's really brought me back to what I love the most about marketing, which really is that creative thinking and sort of strategic problem solving. So uh, I can't say there's been one massive highlight because there's been so many over the past few weeks <laughs> because I've just been in you know moments like that. But I guess something that springs to mind is recently I, um, I hosted a workshop with Startup Grind Scotland. So Startup Grind Scotland actually support a community of startups here and um, you know across multiple different ways. But what they brought me in to do was host a B2B growth marketing workshop. So I hosted that. It was about 15 founders, you know, all within the tech space, And just having them, you know, how do we actually get our business off the ground? How do we look at marketing in a different way? And the way that I was positioning it was both revenue focused, but then also customer first mindset. So bringing them both together. And I think it it was a little bit of that, you know, imposter syndrome thinking, how do I know (laughs) again? (laughs) How am I going to do this? And then as soon as I got in there, it just flowed so naturally and it was so much fun. So, yeah, I guess that would be the highlight now that I think of it.
0: (laughs) It's it's really funny you mentioned imposter syndrome because it's something that I've I've, to, I've spoken to quite a few people, you know, making these podcasts and doing webinars and that sort of thing. And imposter syndrome has come up. And most recently, it came up with Alison Edgar, MBE, we should say. Um, she was telling me all about, you know, how she felt imposter syndrome, even though, I, I suppose, she, she, looking at her career, it's like you think, okay, well, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's at the height of her powers and everything. But she considers, you know, she put it to me. She said, I'm still at base camp. You know, I'm still learning. You know, I I really don't think that. You know, so no, it's imposter syndrome's. A, it's a curious one because I, I'm not sure. I think if you care enough, I I think you always have it. Like no matter where you are in your career, because you know I certainly have it myself. And but it's it's interesting. It comes up so much with you know so many different types of people.
1: It's nice that you know, even just that you saying it as well, Joe, is like I've experienced that because I think it is important to, and almost we need to find a different word for it, don't we? It's not what we're imposters, but what you said there really struck me was like we just continue to care. So when you care, you're nervous. So if you're nervous, that's great because you care, (laughs) you know, and I think that that's probably all it is. It's not necessarily imposter syndrome when you're thinking, I don't know anything and I'm not good enough for this. It could be just, I'm just so nervous about this. And, you know, obviously this is a big thing I'm about to do, but um, I have definitely have, I I mean, I've worked at Google, I've worked at Facebook or Meta now, I keep forgetting to call (laughs) it that, but, um, you know, like I've worked with big brands where even the most senior level people that would work in my team would openly sit there and talk about how they have imposter syndrome. And then you just think of like, oh, anyone that has those senior positions and those massive companies must be totally like killing it and loving life. And actually they're in the exact same boat as we are. So it's refreshing and it's nice that we can open up about it. And it's, um, you know, we're all in this together. We're just trying to, you know, crack on with our lives. But I think it is, it's good to talk about it and just make everyone feel like, you know, we are all in the same boat and we're just trying to be as good as we possibly
0: can be <laughs> yeah exactly but also what uh, something I de- certainly try and do is reframing sort of if I'm feeling nervous just try and reframe that as this isn't nerves this is excitement it's anticipation it's not you know it's not because oh I don't deserve to be here it's just no no I care enough that I want this to go right you know so um yeah. what really motivates you then at the start of the, your, your day or your week what What gets you out of bed and gets you going? right let's attack today
1: what gets me out of bed is this gorgeous little dog that
0: I've
1: got. <laughs> 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 literally needs <laughs> needs out, so that's first of all what gets me out of
0: bed. Literally. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but then, yeah, I mean, what kind of what's getting me going right now is is literally starting a business. You know, it's like learning all those small things that people used to talk about, like registering with HMRC and all that fun stuff. But there's things like that that I'm just I'm quite excited about right now because it's like. It's my baby, which I can do whatever I want with it and I can create it because it's mine. And then, you know, it's understanding exactly where I'm going to be providing the most value and sort of building my own brand around that, which I'm still trying to work out. Because even right now when I'm meeting with clients or potential clients, a lot of the time I'll say, I don't have all the answers to this and, you know, we'll work it out together. We'll be able to solve this eventually. But um, it's also seeing where there's areas that I still need to keep learning. And I think that that's really, really nice to think, right, you know, I'm got an, I've am i got an opportunity right now to go into a brand new um, startup today to talk to the founder and learn about a completely new mm. area. Right now I'm learning a lot about HR tech. Never really knew anything about HR tech before. So things like that. Um, you know, I, I think it's the element of um, surprise and not knowing what's going to happen and just being open to any opportunities right now when anyone's sort of pinging me a message on LinkedIn saying do you want to meet for coffee if they're in the base I'm like yeah 100% lets me up you know and just been um, expanding the network here in Scotland so that's been really really nice as well um mm-hmm. as I said just because right now I just don't really know what each day brings yet
0: <laughs> which
1: is <laughs> good. nerve-wracking but it's good.
0: The excitement of a new venture I guess Actually, you, you mentioned um you mentioned personal branding and what sticks in my mind is actually the the fact that I saw something that you put out. I think it was on Friday. It was just listing what you'd done that week. And then there was a little video of you going out for a walk with your dog. So <laughs> I think how, how difficult do you think is it to, to begin creating that sort of the personal branding? Because it's very much, it seems what you're going for is very much like, Hey, here's what I'm up to right now. I'm just off for a walk with a dog, but here's all the bits and pieces I've done this week. So do you find that easy to keep up with? Or?
1: Um, I think it's it's easy to forget sometimes, especially when you're trying to consult about the marketing side for companies and then you think, okay, I still have to do my own marketing. So there's things I still need to do. And I always make time for LinkedIn because I do think LinkedIn is a really interesting space right now in the B2B world, of course, and, and being a creator of some sort, you know, being able to consistently speak to the audience. And I think that the way I've approached it is just continuing continuously be myself you know my authentic self I'm not trying to follow this exact copy and paste method of how to grow on LinkedIn which is very much like here's this algorithm and this is what it likes and all that I'm not doing that because right now the way I'm trying to focus in I just want to be myself I want to feel comfortable talking online and in this b2b space so I'll do what I know I feel comfortable in um, but I still make mistakes. I mean, I did that post on Friday. Thanks for for looking at Joe. But I did that post on Friday. And I thought, yeah, I'll recap because I had such an interesting week last week. You know, I found out all about Geovation, which i would never heard about before. Geovation Scotland is this really interesting organisation which is helping around tech for good. And I went to a really cool event with that and I met loads of people. So I did this big post on LinkedIn (laughs) and at the bottom of it I said something like oh I'm practicing self-care as well and I went for a nice massage courtesy of my brother and I because he gave me a massage voucher and I the next day I woke up to he lives in Australia with these panicked messages from him going take that down (laughs) that looks so strange the way you phrased that and I went oh yeah that does look a bit strange now that (laughs) I was like oh I never even thought of that so anyway (laughs) (laughs) so <laughs> <That's like, laughs> you're, you're going to make mistakes, or you're going to sound a bit weird sometimes.
0: <laughs> but even that, then I guess that's if the, you you know you are being authentic there. If you then just add a little thing, by the way, it's not what it sounded like. I think that. <laughs> That does it that would also yeah. help to sort of you know give an idea of what sort of character you are? The fact that, yeah, you could you know self deprecatingly say, Ah, got that bit wrong, but
1: yeah, I actually wanted to add the screenshots of the panic messages from my brother into the comments, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might just embarrass him more, so I just let well, I think all,
0: all the more reason to then, I think
1: <laughs> um, it's a learning game.
0: <laughs> what would you say then? I mean, perhaps I, I feel we've probably touched on it, but um, what. What would you consider your greatest, your, your sort of your biggest achievement? And this can be professional or personal, perhaps both. But I, I wonder if if it is going to be, you know, taking the, the the leap of faith and going self employed, or is there another one that you're slightly more proud of?
1: Um, there's definitely something that strikes my head. Um, I, I owe a lot to my time at User Testing for teaching me the ways of startup and scale up life. So when I was there, I was there for three years, and it was super fast growth. For the European so I moved up from London to Edinburgh to help kickstart the company. You know, it was there was no one here. It was just uh, about seven of us that you know kickstarted everything here in the in Europe. Uh, luckily they chose Edinburgh so I moved back up to Scotland which is really nice. And um it was this whole like okay what do we do now? And a huge you know I'd come from Meta so I had come from a huge company where you didn't really have to try very hard to get people to come to your events. People wanted to come to the Facebook office at the time to come to events, that kind of stuff. So this was a whole other kettle of fish for me. I did not know exactly what to do at the beginning. And it was so focused on the revenue side. And I think from a brand marketing element that I'd maybe had more experience in before to to come in and really be like, all your marketing has to generate revenue was really hard to kind of, think right how am I going to how am I actually going to do this how am I going to be this kind of marketer fast forward three years and there's one program that I led on for the about two years it was called the Espresso Webinar Series and it was ultimately you know user testing is the leading human insight platform and it very much helps uh, researchers or customer experience professionals so I just started interviewing just like you're doing Joe like I started interviewing uh, customer experience leaders, and at the very beginning, had no idea what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'll give it a go, you know. And then we ended up running, I think, eight series, sixty odd episodes. And at the end of it, when I looked at it, it had actually generated like direct generated millions in revenue for the company. So you know, in terms of attribution. So when I walked away from, when I had finished up at user testing and looking back at all the achievements, it's something that really I hold close to my heart. Not only did I really love doing the Espresso webinar series, but it was also something I could say I helped make impact with this. And Mm -hmm. I was able to change from maybe the kind of marketer I was before to really thinking about what kind of revenue am I generating for this company through my marketing activity. So that would definitely be something that as soon as we talk about, you know, what you're proud of, I'm definitely proud of what I did there. And, um, you know, it took a lot of hard work and, and just, as you you know very well, Joe, just trying to find people to come on and speak to you. But, you know, managed to do quite a lot of episodes, which was great. And um, I think that was definitely something that's a huge success that I've, I've left at user testing. But it's just taught me a lot about the customer first marketing approach, how to really bring them in. And how to actually build authentic marketing programs that do generate revenue, and uh, that was a really great learning experience. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's great. Um, so what do you what do you love most about your industry, and what would you change about it?
1: My industry. So I guess that could be tech or marketing, but if we kind of put them both together. I think that what I love most about it is the innovation and how fast moving it is and you know anyone else that works in marketing listening is is very much aware of this of just you know how much there is in terms of content and just learning and changes technology like so many different things that you can do as a marketer there's so much you can implement to really um grow your company and really be effective in your role. And I think that that's a lot to stay on top of. So I do love the fact that it's varied and there's a lot of innovation in space. And I'm really intrigued to see things like the metaverse and how that's gonna change the world of e-commerce and and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's loads of things that I find interesting about the tech space that never really ceases to amaze. So I think that will constantly evolve, grow and shock. So that's amazing. And the part that I would change about it is probably just bring it back to humanity again. You know, like I thought that last week when I mentioned that event, I went to Joe, the Geovation Scotland, hearing all of these tech professionals creating products for the good of mankind, but with the technology was just so great to see. And I thought this is what we need more of, you know, there's so much tech out there that can help so many different businesses to make more money, but how are we actually implementing tech to help the you know climate change, the economy, the socioeconomic crisis, like everything like that? Like there's so much that we can do to really help that um, space. And I think that if people that the way that we use our brains and you know the revenue focused world, if we started to just have more of that here and there, you know, focus on trying to help the greater good, uh, I do think the ROMs could be a fair place. <laughs> mm. But um I,
0: I think it's a long shot. <laughs> it's almost if there was a tagline to this podcast for things that I've done for Essential Beach friends Frenzy Kids, people buy from people. Okay, to uh to change tack slightly, uh to move away from work, um I mean you, you've touched upon uh, your your dog um <laughs> earlier on in the chat, but I wonder how do you decompress from work and how how do you keep, how do you maintain the divide from your your work life and your personal life?
1: Um, to be honest, I don't really do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like a lot of it does connect. You know, I became really good friends with a lot of my colleagues throughout the years, and I think that that does then seep into your personal life. You spend time with you know people that you've worked with, and you become close, and you talk at work, and um, and I think especially right now with focusing on building my own consultancy my own brand and those things it's very much you know holistically my life right now and you know in the evenings I'm going to networking events and meeting loads of really interesting people and but that's my social life right now and I'm but um you know I I love to spend time at home um I have a lovely partner who's a chef which doesn't hurt so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I I like to you know stay at home and enjoy some nice food with him and and you know Play around with the dog. Today, I actually just went on a massive hike up to Arthur's Seat, which is you know like a spot in Edinburgh a lot of people will be familiar with. But yeah, I just had more time earlier today, and I thought, you know what, I'll just hop off with the dog and go up, go up a old volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think uh you know just bringing a bit of variety into your life and, and having a bit of a laugh here and there.
0: <laughs> so tying into that, then does I. I... I've heard it said that you know if if you love what you do you, you'll never work a, a day in your life if if the blending of your sort of your work and your personal life is all sort of one you know one thing all sort of linking together then does work feel like work or are you having the best time at the same time
1: right now work does not feel like work right now um, this very much feels like an adventure, you know, like, and I think that because, you know, I, I have more of a choice now. I don't have to work with anyone. I don't want to in the moment, you know, at the point with this very early stage, um, I'm focused and giving myself time to build the brand. I'm not rushing into grabbing clients. That I don't want to work with, you know, like I think that I've been very much say, you know, said to myself, I'm only going to work with nice people. <laughs> I'm not going to be working with anyone that doesn't feel right. And I'm going to make sure that I am, just going in there and, and trying to trying to help. And I think that with that mentality, I haven't, which might be a mistake, I haven't necessarily been thinking of the revenue building part of my business yet, but that will come. You know, if I'm able to go in and, and meet people and just be myself and showcase what my expertise are, and I'm having fun doing that right now, that other part will come, I'm sure, because it does all fit together. I'm very much with the mindset of, like, it's a famous Scottish saying, actually, of, What's for you won't go by you. And, you know, like right now I definitely feel like I'm in the right place and I'm doing the right thing. So um that's why it just <laughs> just does feel like a, a lot of fun right now. It's quite scary as well and um but at the end of the day if it doesn't work out I just get a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way <laughs> the if it's you know, we'll see what
0: happens. <laughs> Again, that's that's exactly, almost, word for word, what Alison Edgar said, who, you know, a, a fellow Scot as well. So there must be something else in the water uh, up there. Other than, other than ta- Scottish tap water being utterly delicious. It and is. You we must got, be aware yeah. of this phenomenon. Everyone, yeah, every Scot, for. there you go. Every <laughs> Scottish person I've ever met has gone, well, our tap water's better than yours. So, yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's <laughs> completely fair. It's very true. Um, <laughs> Amy, this has been a really, really lovely chat. I've really, really enjoyed speaking to you this afternoon. It's
1: all right. Thank you so much.
0: What's one top tip? If you could give one, one key piece of advice, one tip for everybody listening, what would that be?
1: So definitely just from the last few weeks, I thought to myself how brilliant it is to go out and just get in. Uh, you know, out of your comfort zone and meet new people. Um, I think that especially when the remote work started and all this and we get into the Zoom calls and the thing of meeting with colleagues online, sometimes you won't make time to necessarily book in coffees, even online or in person, with people that you just feel like you should meet, you know, for any number of reasons. Um, so I would say my tip of this week would be for next week to book in a coffee or a Zoom call or whatever with someone find interesting that has you know popped up in your LinkedIn art however they might have come across and just to have a chat with them because I can't explain how re-energized I felt this week from just meeting so many brilliant people last week so I'd say expand your network which will expand your mind and just help you you know open up perhaps some new exciting opportunities so yeah so don't be afraid to just reach out to people and ask them to have a chat
0: that's absolutely fantastic, and what's brilliant in that is, in a nutshell, you have just described my job because I do that every <laughs> week. I find <phone laughs> up interesting people oh and gosh, have a chat. With cool.
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the podcast,
0: Amy Kelly. Thank you so much for joining me on the Essential B two B Podcast, and I, as um I'm sure, all of our listeners as well, would wish you the very, very best with your your new venture. I hope everything goes well, and I wish you every success. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you, Joe.